Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by a very sheepish Luke Owen. Hello Swap Nation and a hello to you Oliver Davis. How are you? On the second time we're recording this intro. I would be fine, Luke, to just do this intro again if you hadn't deleted it. And we hadn't done two and a bit hours of recording for our Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast. I'm a bit talked out. My throat hurts. Yeah. I've got a headache. I know. I My am. ears are, are crammed into these little little uh, cans that we have. Yeah, so we did our intro and outro. It was, it was the a, best one we've ever done. Such a great intro and outro. We had a follow-up to that date email from Saturday that we read out. We read out a really great poem and uh, some correspondence about meeting Charvo Classic. Like, some really good stuff in there. I'm going to have to really find those emails now because I think I might have deleted them. But... Then we did the recording for Wrestle Ramble Extra, recording ECW One Night Stand. Uh, and then I, I was transferring some stuff across. I kind of forgot what we'd recorded. And I accidentally deleted the intro and outro, which is why we're doing this very short version of it here. Um, yeah, sorry about that. But we'll, we'll redo those emails on Saturday's show. We won't do them here because we we're a bit talked out. But, you know, let, let's, let's get the SmackDown review done. Well, we're kicking off with... Sanity debuting. Obviously, that's what I just just said in the big, excitable intro. Mm. They turned up first in a pretty cool visual backstage where it was kind of it was kind of lit like there was a dustbin fire going somewhere, and you could only see their silhouettes on the walls. And it was the three big frames, three big bearded frames of Young Wolf and Dane, particularly Eric Young's. I feel like I could see every stray hair in that beard absolutely it was some excellent lighting work and we know how difficult it is to get silhouetted figures just look at any of our vacant thumbnails on our channel i thought you were going to say anytime that we have tried to light anything that isn't just us in front of a green screen or this yes when we actually have to set up lights for others other skits that we do we we struggle to light (laughs) the green screen as well to be honest in all fairness yeah yeah we have to we just someone sets it up for us we just press buttons and we still manage to screw that up well it's funny as well like showing how untechnical you and i are so we've got this really cool discord uh, at the moment where like we've got a little wrestle talk fan community where people can join in there's a, a link to it in the description i think but like you can join it I, I might add it in but um i try to put this up onto patreon today to be like hey guys come and join us like i love our pledge hammer community we've also got this discord thing come and join us here 
I couldn't. I don't know what link I was meant to send. It's I, confusing. I sent them the wrong link, and everyone's just going like, "Mate, that doesn't work." Mm. So I had to contact one of our website team to be like, "What? What link do I actually need to get people to come over?" Technology. Yeah. Uh, and Sanity had that. That was like before the break, and then they had a promo or something or an interview, and they came back. Usos came come down to the ring. They cut a cool promo about their own debut, and they were trying to figure out their characters. They would just paint their faces. Ain't that right, Oose? And that was quite a nice, fun, good-natured like promo. We look like the ultimate warrior. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Uh, and I guess that was meant to be tonally opposite to the terror and anarchy of Sanity. You know, set up as something quite nice and light, and then, oh, it gets serious. And then Sanity debuted with their shaky cam entrance, and they come down to the ring looking all mean and... Eric Young is screaming like a madman and they get in and they just straight up beat the Usos. They don't let the tag match happen. That that was what was meant to take place. Well, in all fairness, the Usos did attack first. Did they? I thought yeah. it just like the lights came up and they're all just scrambling. No, the Usos attacked oh, them okay. before the bell and then Sanity laid them out. Well, I mean, let's not turn this into Han Solo <laughs> and the debate for like, years and years. But yeah, that, I mean, that would it would have worked better if Sanity attacked first. Well, this is maybe my, I just yeah. thought that's so. Yeah, that's what happened, and then Sanity stand tall at the end. They're here. They're finally here. I mean, we fantasy booked many a time how we would debut Sanity on the main roster, and you only get one debut, don't you? Yeah. I, so great. Finally, they're on the roster. But like, as I said in the the SmackDown review, they've essentially had eight weeks to plan this. Like, they've had two months to plan their debut because they've just been holding off on it. Like, and this debut just adds so much credence to Brian, Alves, uh, Brian Alvarez's report that they were only brought up for the tag team Money in the Bank that never happened and they didn't have a plan B because, like, the Authors of Pain haven't been on TV either. So, like, it just adds a lot of credence to that. And so you've had eight weeks to plan this debut if you're not doing the tag team Battle Royal. And their answer was... We'll have a scheduled match that we'll pre-announce in advance, mm. and then that match doesn't take place. And as a positive, aside from the fact that they're finally de- they finally debuted, we don't have to keep going like, where are they? The other positive is that they've been pushed into a storyline feud with the Usos. I think maybe. Well, this happens a lot where a, a debuting force will attack someone. I'm thinking the Colognes after the brand split. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, because I like the colognes, but they just disappeared into well, one the, of them's injured. the Thanos ether. Not for freaking a year and a half! I think he has. No way. Oh, that's that's sad if it's the case. Uh, one of them's definitely okay. One of them was on TV not too long ago. Wish I knew which one's which, <laughs> and then I could say... Yes. Doesn't, like... Wow, what a big fan Ollie is. Yeah. He doesn't know who they are. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, sorry, carry on. Um, I forgot the point. A bit like, so I think based on what we've just seen in this one little segment, that they are entering into some sort of feud. Because if the Usos don't retaliate from this, that kind of makes the Usos look a bit weak. So that's a positive. However, like, if you, were go- if you weren't going to do the match, if you weren't going to have them do an actual tag match where you have a winner, then don't announce they're debuting. Don't announce that we're having this tag team match between the Usos and Sanity. Just have the Usos come out and cut a promo and have Sanity run in from the crowd and attack them. Like, give them a big, a big, like, debut. Don't just, they just came out for a match. And it it doesn't, like, they're, they're Sanity. Like, they're meant to feel like these uncontrollable maniacs. And they're like, and we've announced them for a match and here they are. 
It was like when they announced them at the Superstar Shake-Up. It just felt a bit sanitized. If, uh... Uh, yes, that's totally what it is. Their gimmick is that they are anarchists and that they can run in at any point. Why would you not tap into that and make it kind of thematically consistent and have them run run in? As soon as you start to put rules and directions on this faction, they're taken back somewhat. And it's... I loved this episode of SmackDown. Yes, and as did I. I, I bet a, a lot of comments are already just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> uh, but the it's a spot on impersonation <laughs> and of how we read the comments, the, the nasty. Comments. <laughs> um, and well, we're happy that Sanity are called up, but it's like you, I hate it when they do this for debuts because, like I said, you only get one debut, you only get one chance to really make that shocking first-time impact, and. This this was just another act. And weirdly, like nothing really struck like nothing connected with me personally, even down to their entrance. Have they changed something about that? There's because more shaky just, cam to it. Is that what it is? It's more shaky cam. Because yeah. it just felt like, oh right, yeah, here's the main roster version of what was cool on NXT. Just like how they I know it's little things, they changed Bobby Roode's font. <laughs> And Shinsuke Nakamura's font. I know they're little things, but... And it's not because I'm super attached to the old one. It's because the old one's worked better. I... But again, it's a little bit. So, I... My other thing, looking at the entire... They, they looked mid-card. They looked a bit mid-card. And I always thought this was a potential to have a, a breakout act here. Looking at the whole show... And as cool as the bit where Daniel Bryan stared down the Bludgeon Brothers was, wouldn't that have been a better time to debut Chaos? Sanity? So Akada? Yeah. <laughs> Sanity? Yes. Yeah, no, again, I completely agree with you. It's just that it's, it's kind of giving them something. This is a debut that, in a year's time, if you ask someone, do you remember Sanity's debut? No one will go, oh yeah, no, totally. How memorable was that? It's like... And Andrade Cien Elmas debuted about a month ago. Can anyone tell us like what that debut was? Like uh, yeah. he he beat a jobber. Like it doesn't it doesn't sound impressive. And he hasn't been on TV for ages because they didn't create anything for him. Granted, I know Sin Cara got injured, but like that wasn't going to lead to a program between the two. It wasn't like Almas was going to beat Sin Cara and then be like, well now he's in the main event, so now he's in this US title feud. He was just going to beat Sin Cara and then just probably beat a jobber again the week after. Mm. It's and you hit the nail on the head for me they debuted them as just another act. It's just another tag team that's on the roster. And they don't feel special at all. They're just, they're just another bunch of guys. And you could have had an Eric Young-Daniel Bryan feud. Just, just the, straight bit. off the bat, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like that, that makes sense because Bryan's got to overcome three people there. Perfect for his underdog character. Of the, I think it was six people who were or acts were called up from the in NXT at the Superstar Shake-Up I can Ember Moon is the only one who's impressed me yeah um, Iconics haven't had a lot to do they, they got promos and I really enjoyed their promos but again they haven't been put into a feud or anything they just they, and they've neither's Moon actually no and I think they've only actually I think Iconics have only won one match since mm. they've come up they've lost a bunch but the others Authors of Pain Now Sanity Almas No Way Jose oh god I forgot about No Way Jose yeah. he was on Raw I'd this like week as well <laughs> it's it, it's it really is a shame that they we all clamour for NXT call-ups because we love what NXT is and we want to see that on the main roster. But it does not trans... Well, it could translate, but there's obviously stuff in place to stop that from happening. Yeah, 
I agree. It, it, it's a real shame as well because it does sound like we're being um, mm. uh, Debbie Downers on this show. And I don't want to appear because I thought this was a terrific show. I thought the first hour was so so, but I thought the last hour was absolutely amazing. Well, shout out. Well, I'll say one more thing. As a, like, this was genuinely cool. Eric Young on the main roster of I know. WWE. Well, I thought this wow. late, I thought this later on in the show, and I was like, I'm watching Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe <laughs> on SmackDown. How crazy is this? I had the same thing at the Royal Rumble when Adam Cole was in the Rumble, and I was like, mm. Adam Cole is in the Royal Rumble. What reality are we in right now? <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, I, I say positive, but uh, we're going we're gonna to start with that page promo. Page here. Page here to read an auto cue. Yeah, I like Paige. I think Paige is great. But, man, when you just give a scripted dialogue, and it, nothing in this sounded natural. I Okay, so you've... Luke's note here is Paige opens the show to give an awkward scripted recap of Money in the Bank. Which she did. And it, it, was, it was a recap of Money in the Bank, plus now we're looking towards the next pay-per-view, Extreme Rules. I thought it did... I thought it did what it was meant to do very well and actually and i don't know if it's because i had that weird dream where me and Paige were boyfriend and girlfriend but i thought that she did like the best she possibly could with this script i thought that like she made it intriguing she slowed down words her delivery was all over the place in a good way because you can vary it up it wasn't just the monotonous hit this 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 and it wasn't in front of the live crowd i'm just sick of live 
in front of the live crowd promos. I wish the backstage stuff was the norm and then an in-ring promo would feel like a big, bigger thing. Uh, but I, I thought this was good. I, apart from when she said, and Carmella deviously beat Asuka. Well, this is what I mean. It's because it's scripted. You have to put garbage verbiage in there that no one would mm. say in real life. And then it just, that, that sort of stuff takes me out of things. And like I mean, you can tell that they're just reading off an auto cue. In what I mean, we read off an auto cue when we do the news, but we cut around it with edits so it doesn't feel like it's just reading off an auto cue. She and did but, all that in one but, take. I know, though. I know. Very impressive. I would not have been able to do it. I would have stumbled over about twelve of the stupid words that they put in there. That deviously one, I definitely would have tripped over. But like, it's I, I, presentation fine. It wasn't in the ring. That's a plus. But. Yeah, man, it's just it was awfully scripted, and I and I, when I, I just hear those short scripted words, then I don't pay attention to it. Mm. I like Paige's voice. I thought she, or just or just because you fancy Paige doesn't mean you have to give it a go. It's not a <laughs> sexy thing. It's just I feel like we've got an emotional connection now. <laughs> Try telling her that. Like she just, just you're a creep. You know, I just you just want to hang out, watch watch a movie. What movies do you think Paige would want to watch? Fighting with my family. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, she's got a great clip for that. I think. I think she'd be into Hurricane Heist. Have you watched it? No, I haven't. Oh, a should. couple, of, a couple of rubbishy action movies. You should watch Hurricane Heist. It's terrific. Is it though? No, but I loved it. Uh, and this transitioned into an in-ring promo, yeah. but it was okay. I, you know, Carmella is very good. Yes. I realised that SmackDown and Raw both have blonde champions who are very good at promos and aren't that good in the ring. Isn't well, weird? actually, I was going to say that we've got both brands have got two blonde champions who are doing the same thing all yes. the time, which is, oh, I'm doing a babyface promo. Ah, actually, it's a heel promo. You're all silly. <laughs> and I just thought, like, cool. I mean, that was just what Alexa Bliss did on Monday night. It's just what you did when you won the title a few weeks ago. And it's just what Alexa Bliss did at Elimination Chamber. When you just do the same thing over and over again, it starts to lose its appeal. It's okay when it's the same character. Yes. But, yeah, when it's, like, Absolution Riot Squad. Yeah. It was was a bit Control-C, Control-V for me. Mm. Uh, uh, But I I did... It was a good promo, as repetitive as it was with Bliss. Uh, And, yeah, she she got some good heat by saying she beat Asuka all by herself. Yep, again... Genuine boo. As I've said said on the Money in the Bank review, character would absolutely work if she wasn't, like... You know, on the same level as everyone. Like, yeah, if she didn't already beat Charlotte yeah, by it, herself. Exactly. Like, if she had always cheated to win, then this character would work. But at the moment, it's like, like, I beat Asuka Moon. I was like, yeah, you basically did. Yeah. And I believe you, which I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to. It's that lack of consistency. Yes. And you, you lose the hypocrisy, which is really at the heart that's of what, her that's heel where character. It works. Uh, then Asuka's music hits and. I never for once believed it was going to be Asuka. And I don't think you were supposed to, because Todd nah. Phillips and Byron Saxton knew it wasn't. But Corey Graves, the heel commentator, was like, I can't believe Asuka's coming out. I wonder mm. what she's got to say. And then when it revealed it was James Ellsworth, he was like, oh, we're going to have Ellsworth. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, Corey Graves is very good at that. Uh, and uh, Ellsworth had, I don't know why a pop's so big for it. No one's ready for Ellsworth. That's so great. I'm I've missed him. I'm so happy to have him oh. back. So happy to have Ellsworth back. I bloody love him. Like my, I'm, a friend of mine cannot stand Ellsworth. I think it's just because his face is weird. JBL is it? JBL, just, your friend. JBL, my, that's your friend, your pub quiz teammate, JBL. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm so happy to see Ellsworth back. And he listed off all the women that Mella is better than, including Lita, Trish Stratus. Mother Teresa, Ronda Rousey, and Beyonce. 
which I thought was great. And then mm. Asuka came out not doing an entrance. Asuka just came out doing her best Ronda Rousey. She was just, she was pissed. She was pissed off. She got into the ring and once again got distracted by Ellsworth and laid out by Carmella. So... Ellsworth did stand at like Ellsworth was like I've got this yeah. don't worry Mella and stood up to Asuka and that's when Asuka it was, this was better played than the Money in it the Bank match much better because played, yeah. Asuka was beating up Ellsworth and that's when Carmella blindsided her uh, I just I really hope Ellsworth continues that I will wrestle women gimmick that he was running around the Indies with yeah. uh, because it's it's that's probably the having him in the women's division like this yeah it's, it's amazing actually it has potential. And it's it's so crazy what one little thing can do. But just having Ellsworth work back with Carmella makes me so much more interested in her as a totally. character. Yeah, totally. It makes me so much more interested. Uh, so I like this 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 first segment mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, Becky Lynch was next. She was preparing backstage, trying out the right goggles. Well, that's she had the, like three on the The table. most important part of your uh, in-ring training is which goggles you are going to wear for your entrance. Luke, it's the entrance and it's the pin. That's the most important. Those are the most important parts for for fans. You're absolutely right. Uh, and then she was taking on Billy Kay. The Iconics came down to make fun of your hometown, and then they made fun of Becky for not amounting to anything. Well, actually, my favourite part of this was Billy Kay making fun of robotic backstage interviewers. Yes, that like, was. Good. She uh, did almost a spot-on impersonation of Dasher. It was really, really funny. Uh, Lynch but they, showed, oh. but, but I will say, and I love the Iconics. I think they're really great. They don't generate a lot of heat. I think they could do if people bought into them. That's but it because they it's keep, been a month and a half of losses now because they keep losing. They keep like people don't react to their promos, and which is a real shame because I think their promos are great. But yeah, they don't feel like a threat. Mm. And this was a good crowd. Mm. It was in, still in Chicago, wasn't it? I'm a scooby. They usually do the whole weekend run through to Tuesday I in the same city. I won't say that it is, but um, yeah. it, it, it could have been. We'll be corrected. Uh, uh, but Lynch really went straight for Kay right off the bat. Showed some good fire. Kay got on top during the break. There was a break, which was most of the match. And that means we can't invest as viewers in the beatdown uh, where Lynch is getting the heat on her. And then Lynch comes back and fights off Kay and rolls Peyton through very neatly for this armor to win. Uh, yeah, Billy, you said Peyton. Did I? Yes. It's because Peyton what it, Kay. That's because it's what it says written in your notes. Mm. But yeah, she beat um, Billy Kay with the disarmor. Another loss for the Iconics. Not really sure where you take them from here. Or yeah. where you take Becky for that matter. Well, I'm worried because when we said, where does Big Cass go from here on the, the Money in the Bank review? Yeah out the company so, this is our first Smackdown Live in the post Big Cass era god I missed him <laughs> didn't you well there was no one to cut a promo about being big I, I did miss that I don't want to rag on the guy because the guy's lost his job and if if like reports to believe that I hope there's not any alcoholism issues there mm. but uh, yeah it's like it, his booking on the show so not him as a person but his character and how he's presented I did not miss him at all. He, he was really boggy. In retrospect, the last two months, he's really brought down some very top-tier talent. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jeff Hardy cut a promo backstage. Um, so I didn't see a lot of his um, TNA run when he was doing... Um, Willow! Wally the Wasp. Yeah. Um, is, that, is this what he's doing now? Is he doing Willow again? It's The face paint's similar, but that was, a, that was more of a... I can't... I blocked a lot of that out. Because <laughs> that was... I didn't enjoy it. No. I, and I, I think it's safe to say the major, the large majority of people didn't. But there'll be someone. 
there'll be someone out there going, I loved Willow. Yeah, Willow. With their great. Willow merchandise with around umbrella. their rooms. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, so I, I just saw this as more Hardy face paint. He had like a different voice from what I remember for Willow. So this is just a more enigmatic Hardy. So a you charismatic were, enigma, yeah. you might say. Uh, you weren't here for when he did his cocaine promo. No. Oh my God, it was one of the funniest things. Me and fake Luke really laughed about this. He's... So Rene Young's waiting for him. Episode of SmackDown. I think it's... When, who did he face? Was it Daniel Bryan? Excuse me, it wasn't here. Yeah. Uh, and the, the door opens behind Rene Young because she's waiting for this Jeff Hardy interview. <laughs> Jeff Hardy just walks out and goes, Oh yeah! <laughs> and then walks over to Rene and starts talking about how his synapses are firing and everything's in his mind going like this. Boom, 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 boom. And you're like, what? How... That was that line of cocaine that Jeff Hardy just did before he walked out of the, the locker room. Uh, and this, like, had a, a similar drug-addled thing, which I, I'm all for. I'm all for, I, like, hey, you know, characters. I was going to say, not, I, think, I, think he's, substance I think he's probably clean and sober at this point. At least yes. I, I, I assume he is. Um, that 24 documentary on, on WWE Network, I haven't finished yet, but it's tremendous from what I've seen so far. But you doing that, like, big woo thing, it's just it's because I've just recently watched him Wrestling With Regrets um, or awesomely bad promos that he's doing, he's doing top 16 awesomely bad promos. And in the top... Than the first eight that he's done had um, Kalisto's Lucha Things promo. And it's All because, time great. Because like he's bouncing up and down, forgetting his words. He goes, Lucha Things. And then jumps up and goes, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> finish, finish high. <laughs> Got to finish with a pop. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Hardy cuts this this wordy promo with his back to the camera. And I I enjoyed it. Like it, it, was, it was different. It was a different style of presentation. It was kind of in a blackened out room. Uh, and then he... He talks about how Shinsuke, the Shinsuke Nakamura knee from the previous week, hadn't rattled his brain. It had actually knocked him into focus. And then he swings round on a stool or whatever, and he's got this really cool face paint on, uh, black and white, down his face. And his eyelids are covered white. And then he goes, and now I can see you. And he opens his eyes. Paints eyelids. Paints eyes onto his eyelids. Yeah, really, really cool. And that uh, this seems to be building towards a Jeff Hardy Nakamura program. Yeah, Nakamura had cut a promo a bit later on in the night, but I've always really liked um, Jeff doing that, like eye, like painting eyes onto his eyelids. Yeah, because it just looks it looks a bit freaky and looks a bit creepy. And, and, like, and, and it's funny as well. well. Not funny, but it's it's interesting that although he did plead guilty to um, the charges that were brought against him, he's still getting somewhat of a push on mm. on WWE. He's a US champion, mm. and it just feels like. Ever since Jeff Hardy's come back to the E, he's been Jeff Hardy Team Extreme of old. But this felt like a progression of his character and something new that we could have, which which is not as dated and hasn't run its course. So mm. I'm very excited. To, I mean, that's the story of this show. A lot of potential, yeah, which it, I'm very excited about. Similar to Raw, it's that reset button after Money in the Bank. Uh, that's another big foot, well, one of the big five out of the way. We're starting some new programs. And that's what, aside from Carmella and Asuka, this show was all around building new yeah, programs yeah. for everyone, which I, I, I really, really liked. Um, we got Daniel Bryan being interviewed backstage by Renee um, that, to announce that he was first in the gauntlet match that we're getting later is. on tonight. But he said he's not just going to he's not going to survive. He's going to win. And then got Renee to do a little mini yes. He's like, oh, I love that word. The, well, this was this was a good promo because 
uh, Brian says, "I'm not just you know, I'm not just going to win. I'm going to I'm not going to survive. I'm going to win, and I've got I'm going to beat the best that I'm gonna SmackDown beat, has to I'm, offer. I'm going to beat three of the best that SmackDown has to offer in Samoa Joe, Rusev, and um, and Big, Big e. e. And she's like, I think you missed the Miz. They're like, no, I said the three best. Yeah, that was a really good line, and, and just keeps that plate spinning in the background for the Brian Miz feud that will oh, eventually be awesome. But it only got better in the night. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. my god, what a payoff! Such a good payoff. But, but then he asks to set up the yes chance. You know, do you do you think I can win, Young? And Renee says, I think you'll be sufficiently prepared. <laughs> And Brian goes, you can do better than that. And then she goes, yes. And I think that was a dig because those two have those two are talking smack best buddies Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of chemistry together. And that felt to me like a little self-reflexive jab at how Renee's been used since talking smack. I completely agree. That's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Uh, Nakamura did the interview. Well, we got the Uso Sanity match. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got the uh, Nakamura backstage interview that we spoke about earlier. I, I like this because like Renee asked him, uh, excuse me, that's tea there, repeating on me there, asked him about his loss at Money in the Bank. And he said, well, the only reason I lost is because the referee counted really quickly and not in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because at the start, Young was like, are you going to tell me you can't, you've forgotten English again? He was like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Young is like, Renee Young's great. She is so good at showing subtle frustration mm. because when she interviews heels like this and she she's so constrained by the awful script she's given ask this contrived question stand there and hold a microphone disappear into the ether yeah Thanos click but she she's really good at just showing that she's unhappy with this person but not like overselling it I Renee's great. She is great. We don't deserve her. Uh, we then got Gallows and Anderson versus the Bludgeon Brothers in a SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship match that wasn't important enough to be on the main card, nor was it important enough to get a full match on SmackDown because it was mostly commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I forgot this was a tag title match by the time it got back in from the commercial break. Mm. Uh, before the match, like before another ad break, hype in it after the break, Carl Anderson did his abs thing again. Yeah got these good abs and they're looking better every week so maybe i mean it's not as yeah it i just went there's something there i did wwe need to sh- tell them better because they're the good a- brothers do a great job in wwe.com clips but for the the main shows they're not exhibited to the full of their potential i think it's it's there's a lot with the smackdown tag team division because they've got an incredible roster of teams to play with. You've got Bludgeon Brothers. Now you've got Sanity. You've got the Usos. You've got Galanderson. You've got The Bar. You've got, got, New, Day. got New Day. Like, that's an inc- like six teams there to build a really, really strong tag team division out of. But they're seemingly just so uninterested in, in using it. I just, I just guess that at the moment, Vince isn't into tag team wrestling. Mm. It's just not his thing at the moment. Well, where were The Bar? Where have the bar been? They were taking some family who won a competition to Universal Studios, Florida. I thought it was meant to be the Usos. Yep. Well, this week it's the bar. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, usually it's the Usos and Naomi, isn't it? And yeah. You get those little snapshots of them all like, well, look, we're having fun. Because they're fun people to go like on. Oh, they're heels. But no, this week it was the bar, yeah. And Cesaro doing the point. Yeah. Seamus wearing a kilt. Very nice. God. What? What? <laughs> What? So first of all, they shouldn't be in a tag team together anyway. But then at least have them on TV. Yeah. 
Uh, but this was a fine match. It's not the guy's fault. It's just the time they were given and the, the story and not much to work with. Really cool looking double faceplant move mm. from both Bludgeon Brothers to take out Carl Anderson on the apron yeah. earlier. And that set up at least kind of a different story in that Gallows was the man looking for the hot tag when usually it's Gallows mm-hmm. who gets the hot tag. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was powerbomb on Carl to win. Yeah. And it, it's actually at this point I, th- I figured... Oh, I guess it's the bar that are next then. Like, the bar haven't been on TV for a while. I guess they're going to be the next challengers for the Bludgeon Brothers. But, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, we're going in a different direction. A direction that I've got, um, I've got, I had a really, like, great idea. Have you got a theory? Not a theory. It's an idea. It's like okay, a, fa- a fantasy okay. booking warfare suggestion. Well, not for warfare suggestion, but a fantasy booking suggestion. Because as the Bludgeon Brothers are leaving, Daniel Bryan is making his entrance. And this takes us into the second half of the show, which is all built around this, this gauntlet match. You and I said on the podcast outro yesterday, we hope that this gets a lot of time and it did it got the second half of the show you know commercial breaks aside but it's like the the budget brothers are making their in, like their exit daniel bryan makes their entrance they stop ships passing in the night as you often say and they looked like they looked very terrifying and he's looked at them and was like oh you're a bit scary but i'm just gonna carry on and just hope that you don't attack me and carry on and it was well, i thought it was a really cool moment it was a really cool moment and when i like i didn't remember it at the time but when i was reviewing my notes i was like oh yeah daniel bryan was brainwashed and he was forced to be a member of the wyatt family cult i know they're different characters now but i just thought in the grand larger ridiculous tapestry of wwe continuity that was a nice beat i bet you they don't remember that yeah i bet like they didn't even think of it <laughs> but but it was just you know i'm reaching here <laughs> someone said in our patreon community it was like it was like oh no it's not setting up a feud it's just that they had that moment because they were all a part of a, a, a faction together once. And I was like, no, I think they're definitely setting up a feud. Mm. No one in the, no one in the writing staff remembers that because that was like three years ago. So, do you want to talk about your theory now, or, or when they come back in? We'll do it when they come back in. Okay, okay. So this, uh, it was Daniel Bryan versus Big E first in the in the match, and they did this really nice thing where Bryan came out and did that Bludgeon Brothers spot first, and then before the break, they had a clip of all the four other guys who are involved in the gauntlet match warming up backstage. Really, like, you know, Miz is doing his shadow boxing. Aiden English is... Miz si- Jitsu, come on. Miz, sorry, Miz Jitsu. He's uh, get, getting ready for Rough, Rough, Rough. Yeah, rough, Rough, Rough. Uh, Aiden English is helping Rusev train. The New Day are just, you know, doing a weird squat thing. And Samoa Joe is just looking terrifying by himself. So good. Yeah. Love, love and Joe. And just a, a really nice way to make this feel like a big deal. Yeah, I was really excited for this match, and it bloody delivered. So we come back out of the break, and Biggie's first down, and it was, you know, a pretty good match for the first two thirds. But I thought it really picked up at the end. From that, it was it was when it was when Biggie countered a running corner drop kick oh, with a clothesline, exploded out of the corner, yeah. wicked stuff. And then Biggie like got this stretch muffler on Brian, which Brian reversed into a triangle, and Biggie went for a power bomb that was put into a heel hook attempt and then Big E hits the spear through the ropes which is terrifying <laughs> and uh, really good yeah really good stuff by the end really really enjoyed this mm. I thought it was absolutely terrific actually I really enjoyed it and what WWE keep making these mistakes with the the gauntlet match seems to be the new fatal four way <laughs> yeah. because and, the, and it, they're doing it really well for the most part like you've got that really great one from February with Seth Rollins there's the really great one from last August with Sasha Banks and Nia Jackson and up. 
Not, but, so, not so other good one with uh, Sasha Banks winning again. Yeah, but th- so, so a lot of the time, WWE book it backwards psychologically where you will have the heel, the monster heel, being the person who outlasts to the end and then the babyface beats them at an advantage, which doesn't make sense. There was a tag team version of this as well yes. on Raw that we saw we live. We saw live, yeah. Uh, and th- as soon... The Brian wrestling through this match and then having to take on Samoa Joe who came out next I was like this is great babyface booking not only is it a babyface in this first position it's a babyface underdog like Brian who's so affable anyway and so easy to emotionally connect with this was this was damn near flawless for a gauntlet match booking oh, it really was and particularly in this next round because there's a stretch in this next round that I yeah. just thought was just wonderful which is Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan um, this this had two commercial breaks we had one commercial break in the that was my issue I had with this I loved the match I loved the match and all the matches but the the amount of commercial breaks that they had just really broke up the flow of it. Yeah, it's a necessary evil. I, I th- Ad, I, adverts are you, uh, keep saying compulsory. It's, you keep saying it's a necessary evil. But like when Raw did their Gauntlet match that was like, you know, over an hour long, that never felt like there was loads of commercial breaks mm. throughout it. Like it felt like they had really long stretches of time. But like this segment here, these two only went like, you know, they had like six or seven minutes. There was two commercial breaks within that. Yeah, it would have been nicer to maybe drop some stuff earlier on the show, move those breaks forward, yeah, and then you can have you don't have to cram them all into the gauntlet match. Yeah, which, and that, but you know, I'm going to push that to one side. You know, now. that used to be my job. Yes, my was, job yeah. was deciding where ad breaks would play mm-hmm. in live sports. Yeah, Man. and you got there's a rhythm to it. You don't yep. want to put too many next to each other. <laughs> Tell that to the WWE mm. USA Network. But anyway, so Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan they're having this pretty good match, and um, there's lots of like really good like sequence of rehearsals and stuff like that. But the genius of this came right at the end, which is when so, so Joe rolled to the outside because he could sense that the running knee was coming, and Daniel Bryan goes after him. Joe locks in the clutch, and then he looks up at the referee and sees that the referee is counting them out. So he's like, oh, "I'm just going to keep the clutch on." Take, put Brian to sleep and get back in before the 10. But as he was focusing on that, Brian jumped up the guardrail, flipped over him, and he dove back into the ring before the 10 count. The look on Joe's face when he was like, ah, oh, damn it, you little... Oh, and he just like, wanted to get his hands on him and beat him up. It made Joe... It protected Joe in the loss because he didn't look like an idiot. Brian reversed it. It actually made Joe look like a really good tactician because that was a really good idea. And it put over the idea that Daniel Bryan is the plucky underdog in this who's going to go right to the end and he's going to win. He's going to be the w- the number one contender to the WWE Championship. And it's going to be this real, f- good, real, bleh, real feel good moment. And then the Bludgeon Brothers jump into the ring and attack Daniel Bryan. And you're like, you pair of dicks. You absolute pair of dicks. And to make it even better, the next person out is The Miz. It couldn't have been done any better than this. This is flawless booking of a gauntlet match. Because The Miz legs it down to the ring, skull-crushing finale, <laughs> and pins him instantly. Oh, I, I loved this so much. Loved every single second of this. It was amazing. Yeah, because I, w- I went on a bit of an emotional journey. I was enjoying the match all the way through, but you know, I, I, in the back of my head I'm thinking, Samoa Joe and Brian are the second ones out. One of them's going to have to lose. I think it's going to be Joe. I don't want Joe to lose. That's I don't know how they're going to get around that. But I was enjoying the match still. And then when they did that finish, I was like, "Of course!" And I thought, "Well, Brian's going to go to the end now." Uh, that you know that makes sense for the story. But just and that's when when you think W well when you think a story is going to zig, 
but it zags and it still makes total sense and it's satisfying. There is no greater feeling as a viewer. But for me, I think that's when they give you an equally awesome thing that you didn't think was going to happen. Uh, that's that's a master feat of storytelling. And yeah, it was the, the bludgeon. Like, I thought that was going to pay off later. It would have been it would have been better if it was sanity. Yes. OK, yeah. I, I, well, you know, I'm trying not to... But that's yeah. by the by. By the by. Uh, um, love, so what's, I, what's your theory? I'm curious. Well, it's, it's not a theory, but it was kind of like some fantasy booking because I was like, well, Brian's going to need a tag team partner. And I was like, I mean, who could his tag team partner be? And I was kind of like running through names in my head and I thought, do you know who'd be the best tag team partner for Daniel Bryan? Big Cass. The Miz. Oh, no. I can imagine if the Bludgeon Brothers like also beat down Miz and it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend and these two have to team up together to take no. on... I, I think that'd No, be really... I'm sorry. Later down the line, you need... That would really undermine the money feud that they've already got. You don't need to bring them together and then turn. No, this it's, is... it's not... They're not friends. They're never friends in all of this. They absolutely hate but each other. But they have other, to team up. But they have to team no, up. No, that's too much. Sorry, I, 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 I'm, that's, that's fair enough. I think I'm it, a hard no on that one. I, I'd have loved it. Mm. I don't think I don't think they are going to do it. Down the line, like a a year or three six months after Brian and Miz finally climax their long running feud, then then they can do that. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I saw someone say that they hope it's Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Uh, another part of the Samoa Joe. Daniel Bryan match was that AJ was shown watching backstage because he is the champion. The winner of this would face him. So it makes sense that he's watching. And it was at a pretty decent angle, the telly as well. He was quite close to it, though. And when when they showed that, I thought, there's no more Cass. There's no more AJ versus Nakamura. This feels fresh. This is this is good that, well that's it yeah. that's, that's kind of what was brilliant about this obviously we got our winner from this to set up a new program for AJ Styles but you then have got this Daniel Bryan versus Bludgeon Brothers feud that has also come mm. out of that you've got Samoa Joe who's pissed off at Daniel Bryan so you've got something there as well he's pissed off at everyone and you've got The Miz pinning Daniel Bryan so you keep spinning that place there's multiple ways you can take off from this yeah really good just really really good you start to get Biggie over as a singles player uh, I've just got to give a shout out to Joe's submissions as well there was a great, great bit. It was my favourite bit in their interaction where uh, he, Joe gives Brian a powerbomb and then Sabre Jr. style transitions well, from this, this is a, cross face yeah. to armbar and just very keeps much moving a, yeah. through them. And I was like, this is great. And then they were really putting over on commentary, hey, Joe is also a submission specialist. Brian's a submission specialist. It's a battle of who's the better expert at it. And I thought, oh, God love to see that feud play out i absolutely would as well like i've joe's does the does that spot a lot with the the power bomb into the crab into the stf yes, into it. the cross face into the, the arms but every time he does it it just feels awesome mm. like it doesn't feel like oh, that's a samoa joe spot like that's a spot he does in yeah. every match yeah yeah he always makes it particularly like with the power bomb into the crab i think he always does that really really well so my question is did the miz pay off bludgeon brothers or did did the Bludgeon Brothers? They're just angry. Oh, I, I would never have like the Bludgeon Brothers being it's paid the new off. APA. Yeah, no, that that that's not within their character. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, so, the, the, and this is this is why this is such a brilliant booking match because Miz comes out fourth, the babyface in the end, Rusev comes out last. You don't want to have Miz at a disadvantage because that doesn't work. He's the heel. You want to you want to give him the advantage. Great English. 
and because it only took him one move to beat Brian, you eliminate that problem. So you've just got a two fresh men, Miz versus Rusev in the last bout. Yeah. Great. And they had a pretty fun match. Uh, with Rusev showing some impressive strength. It was like a delayed spinning suplex. Yeah, I mean, a spot I really loved in this match is when Miz went to do his like running clothesline where he jumps into them, and Rusev just caught him. Yeah. Just caught him and just dragged him out of the corner. I thought it was a really yeah, wicked the, well, spot. The, yeah, I think that's the yeah. same one, and he, he did a twisting deadlift suplex, Yeah, which is really impressive. Uh, and just some great heat, because Miz is, has turned into a very watchable and believable wrestler in my opinion or maybe he's just he's just clicked in me uh and miz starts doing the yes chance he's setting up the running knee and the crowd are yelling no no instead of yes it's brilliant and rusev reverses that running knee into the accolade miz taps for the win and rusev is going on to face AJ Styles. As Todd Phillips pointed out in commentary, his first ever singles t- uh, like match for the WWE Championship. Mm. Like I, I'm, I was, I popped for the finish because I was really happy that it was Rusev that won. I think the Miz is like he's grand and everything, but I'm more interested in an AJ versus Rusev feud than I am an AJ versus Miz feud. Yeah, and. Man, I popped big for it. I thought it was a bit awkward at the end, though, because AJ Styles then comes out, and they have a bit of a face-off, mm. and there was like a handshake thing. So Rusev and AJ had this little handshake moment, and then Aiden English offered a handshake, but then, like, you know, palmed it off, and then AJ pushed down Aiden English. And it was almost like Rusev was like, to a- English, like, what did you do that for? Yeah. And it was, just, it was a bit of an awkward, odd ending. Because, again, I don't want them to split this act up. Yeah, it definitely teased a split between Rusev going babyface and English always still a heel. So that's what would drive them apart. Yeah, I I don't want it to happen. And I also, even if you're going to make it happen, the angle of Rusev and AJ staring was enough. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to add that extra bit on the end. I felt that took away overall. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, really, really good show. I've... So, do you remember this time last year, Rusev was injured, and he was going to, apparently, this is back from, I can't remember who reported it, but these were the reports at the time, uh, going into Money in the Bank, or the the pay-per-view before Money in the Bank. Backlash. I but this was. was back when it was, yeah, it's pro- it's probably, split-branded. Probably, probably in those backlash. awful days, when it wasn't co-branded, where Kurt Angle could hang out with all these friends, <laughs> uh, it was... Rusev was cutting these promos on his phone like I'm going to return been out with injury and I'm I won a, a WWE title match and apparently he was going to win money in the bank and Ryan Ward the Smackdown writer was fully behind pushing Rusev as a main eventer mm. uh, but Jinder happened yeah and then that was what changed it and it's interesting how Rusev was in the money in the bank match this year and now he's fighting for the title. I know not with the beefcase, but it's like those plans have just been delayed a year. Mm. Uh, to, in my opinion, to be cynical, it's four months late. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Rusev day was so hot at the start of the year, and it's cooled, unfortunately. It has cooled off. And if Rusev and Aiden English won those tag titles, back, we could have just... It might have been different, and they could have had a, even more momentum behind them. But really, they were they were flattened out after that, and the Rusev Day chance got less. And yeah, it's not as funny to say Rusev Day 
or happy Rusev Day in YouTube comments anymore. You say that, but I make that joke in my SmackDown review. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but yes, very exciting. Mm. Great episode. What did you give it on your review? I gave it a four out of five. I absolutely loved it. Actually, I mean, I got some messages from people asking me, like, if it's not a SmackDown, we riot. But, like, it's it wasn't a perfect show. It wasn't a five out of five show. Yeah. But I absolutely loved it. And like you, I'm, I'm with you on the Rusev Day thing as well. Like, I think the Rusev Day joke is old. But I, I still like the act. I really like Rusev and English together. I don't mm. want to see them break up. And Lana. And Lana. Like, those as a trio, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful act. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Rusev and, and AJ going forward. But as I said, like, there's just so much coming out of this show. AJ and... I'm oh, sorry. Um, Shinsuke and Jeff, I'm really intrigued by. Um, Sanity, not so much. I just want to see where they can go with this. But Daniel Bryan against the Bludgeon Brothers... Like and him having to find a tag team partner to take them on, I'm I'm all for that. I'm 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 really excited for SmackDown. It's ridiculous that looking at SmackDown's tag division, you need to make a Franken team to face the top the the, the, the title holders. I'm afraid so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm totally there with you. I think it's four out of five Smack uh, Smacktastic yes, show. Right, yeah. Um, because gra- it was a very enjoyable show, and the last half was was very very good. Um, but yeah, the first half wasn't as good. It was just just watch like perfectly fine. And the, there are issues with that sanity debut. Like a lot of potential was wasted there. Plus, like in my in my eyes, like that first half of the show, that's like an that's that should be the norm. And then when a show's this good, that's you know that's an above average. This was an above average show. When a show is like. Oh my god, they ran this angle, heel turns, massive things, a huge, amazing match. Then it's that's when it's in the five out of five category. And that's it as well. I really enjoyed this gauntlet because I thought it was booked beautifully. Like, just a really great story told throughout. But because it was kind of hampered by commercial breaks, the in-ring quality wasn't like the, the, the one we got before Elimination Chamber on Raw. Like, it wasn't at that level. It was better than you know. It's better than some other ones that they've done, but it just it wasn't at that level. And I, it was the commercial breaks that really hampered it for me. I feel because they have to because during a commercial break you can't work a match. You just have to do rest holds until the match comes back. Mm. It's like booking wise, this Gauntlet match was better. Oh, yeah. But in ring drama, it was the previous yes, one. Yes, absolutely. With Rollins. I suppose we should do an outro as well. You know, just just because. You know, the, the, the pod swafters demand it. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. It's five. I'm going to the pictures tonight. In fact, I need to Ooh, go. You're book. going to see Ocean's 8. I am indeed. I need to book tickets. I need to like get out of here and go so I can go do that. Well, we will see you on Saturday. This is the end of our massive run of shows because we did last week's Raw, last week's SmackDown, NXT TakeOver Chicago predictions, Money in the Bank predictions, the Saturday show, the NXT TakeOver Chicago review, the Money in the Bank review, Raw and SmackDown reviews. I think you've had quite a lot of content from us. That is, that's nine shows on the bounce. Mm. Oof, you don't need, like, it's too much content. Yeah, it's too much super served out. And if you are a Patreon back, you're getting the Wrestle Ramble Extra this coming Saturday. It is our review of ECW One Night Stand 2005. I had such a fun time recording that show as well. Yeah. Such a fun show to talk about. About three and a quarter hours of delicious audio content. Which is... That you can get if you go and be a pledge hammer to Wrestle Talk on Patreon. And that's fun as well because that is about... 45 minutes longer than the actual show itself. That's how much we blabber. (laughs) 
Uh, so yes, we will see you on Saturday. Ooh, and as a tease, oh. it's also got a really, really fun intro to the show as well, because I'll spoil it for you now, and get it excited for the Patreon backers. We just pressed record, but didn't actually get the show started until about three minutes in. But we're just sort of talking off mic. And you'll get to hear all of that in its uncut nonsense. Uh, so we'll see you on Saturday for the magazine show. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.